Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of the man that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast, August 19th, one of Star Trek's biggest icons, or celebrity fans, or both, will be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. Today's quote is read by actress and Star Trek Lower Decks star, Jillian Vigman. We're not going to make it into the 23rd century unless we are living together by that time. We're not going to make it into the 21st century unless we are living together and beginning to value diversity rather than insist that everything be the same. Welcome back, everyone, to this edition of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. I'm Sharon Melton. So happy to be filling in for the amazing, fabulous Rachel True. She'll be back soon. But in the meantime, we've got lots to talk about. And Trent is here, as always. We love him. And we have an amazing, truly fantastic guest with us this week, Gary Witta, who's a screenwriter, author, extraordinaire, and so happy to have you today. Hello. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. So, Trent, this quote is powerful. Like all of Gene mm-hmm. Roddenberry's quotes are, mm-hmm. we're not going to make it into the 23rd century unless we are living together by that time. We're not going to make it into the 21st century, which we're currently in, mm-hmm. unless we're living together and beginning to value diversity. The sad part about this, though, at the same time, I hear the hope. But when you mention about the 21st century, when he did, I kind of want to scratch my head because I'm like, we're in this century right now. Yeah. And we're still talking about the same thing he was talking about in 1980. Too. Mm-hmm. And I asked myself, why? Why are we still talking about the same thing? Why haven't we moved past that? And I, I scratch my head. I want to, you know, hit the wall. I want to throw things. I'm not going to do that because I don't want to mess up my house because um, <laughs> then I'd have to clean it up. But I it just it I'm I'm sad at the fact that we still have to remind ourselves that diversity is important, yeah. that values are important, that working together is important. As kids were taught that. So why is it as we grow up, we forget to do that and we go into wars and we go into yelling and screaming and shouting and and not treating people equally? It's unfortunate. But I love a fact, as he mentioned, as always, there's still hope. We always have hope. We have to have hope in order to survive as humanity continues to go backwards when it needs to be going forward. So I give him his credit, as always, for reminding us that there is hope, but we have to do it together. And I'm hoping one day that maybe we could. What are your thoughts on that, Trent? You know, it's interesting that uh, Gene gave this quote in 1982, and that's like almost 20 years away from the year 2000. And growing up as a child of the 80s, as a huge Prince fan, I really remember that song 1999. Mm -hmm. And the idea of 1999 and the year 2000 and the 21st century being so far in the future, like there was, you know, it was just seemed like as a kid, it was never going to get here. It just seemed like such a lifetime away And then here we are. And respecting one another and loving one another are things that we learn um, as children. 
And that's what I was taught as a child. And I'm sure that's what you, Sharon, and you, Gary, were taught as children. But, you know, it's a sad fact that, you know, and I don't love getting all dour on this, but like not all children are taught that. So that's, you know, part of the problem. Uh, But I will say that as a gay man, as a gay Latino man uh, that now can get married legally, Uh, it resonates with me that things do get better. So while we haven't reached necessarily the utopia of the future of Star Trek's 23rd century and 24th century here in the 21st century, uh, you know, you know, the optimist in me sees where the advancements are being made. And we are still a long way away from being close to as a people respecting and loving and cherishing one another. But, you know, I think about like as a kid in the 80s, I didn't know what gay was. Like the word was never used anywhere. Uh, I remember it was like a secret Jack Tripper on Three's Company was gay and he had to pretend to be gay to live with, with his female roommates. And I didn't really know what that meant. And then I, you know, and then you, you know, obviously I, I, you realize what that is. It's a bad thing. He had to hide it or he had to lie or he had to be effeminate to prove that he wasn't going to hit on the women and that kind of thing. Then in the 90s, we had a lot of gay representation in, in things like the real world. That's where I actually learned about actual living real gay people was on the real world on MTV when, uh, you know, they were gay people cast on the show. But then you'd have a show like Melrose Place where Matt, the only gay character, uh, was gay in in name only. He could never hold hands with his boyfriend. He never had a boyfriend. I, so uh, having those things in my memory of what it was like to be gay and then now look at a show like Star Trek Discovery where there are out gay characters, Dr. Culber and Lieutenant Stamets, a gay couple serving on board the Starship Discovery uh, and any number of of uh, shows in entertainment where there are gay storylines or gay or lesbian characters. So, you know, we're not there yet and we're probably not going to be there for a while, but it does get better like that, that saying. It's true. It does get better. And in terms of my experience as a gay man, I have seen things get better and I can only hope that things will continue to get better because we're having conversations like this and we have... Uh, storytellers and, and, and creators who are putting that kind of representation into the media because, you know, as, as the true axiom is, representation matters. Gary, what are your thoughts on this quote? I mean, this is another very heady one, right? So this is a very heavy one that kind of encourages you to think about, you know, a lot of the, the big issues that, that we face as a human species right now. Some people might look at this and go, aha, well, Gene, the great prognosticator, you were wrong about this one. We did make it into the 21st. You said we weren't going to make it uh, unless we are living together. And we did make it into the 21st century and we're not all living together. So, you know, maybe you were wrong. Well, I guess technically we did make it into the 21st century, but in what, in what shape are we in really? Mm -hmm. You know, things aren't that great. We're, we're pretty, pretty well on track to rendering the planet literally uninhabitable for future generations. That's not great. We're we're still hating each other and in many places around the world, fighting Mm -hmm. each other and killing each other over who has the best imaginary God. 
right? Just like yeah. we were thousands of, of years ago. It's, yeah. it's, it's not great. Um, we are still kind of banging rocks together, I think, in terms of our, you know, uh, cultural, you know, evolution. So it's, it, it, it's, it, it is hard to be optimistic these days, again, which is why I think the whole point of this podcast and looking at, uh, you know, eternal optimists like Mike Gene, it's kind of you know, valuable now more than ever. But I think, you know, certainly the, the, what he's talking about the 23rd century here is that, I mean, we are really, we are really facing an existential threat. There are a lot of climate scientists out there will mm-hmm. tell you the track, mm-hmm. unless we like really, really reverse cause hard and now we're, we're not like the planet's not going to be livable like long before the 23rd century. Um, yeah. and I don't think we're going to make that U-turn. Like what's the wake up call going to be? We're already looking at, you know, raging fires. Um, like I, I can walk outside my house right now and, and smell the forest fires that are burning California down right now. Uh, there are people evacuating Greece in ferries right now today because it's burning. The, we set the ocean on fire a couple of weeks ago. Like, how do you even do that? Like, how is that even possible? Things, you know, the, 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 the climate thing I think is, is the, the biggest issue that we have right now in practical terms. But again, going back to what Jeannie's saying here, there are, there are even bigger, more existential issues than that, that there are, there, there are, and I think will always be to some extent, people who believe that multiculturalism is a bad thing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that, you know, it's, you know, they only want to be around people of their own, their own kind and just have no interest in integrating or learning from one another or kind of seeing the beauty, the, the, the inherent beauty in, uh, in diversity. And it's, it's a real shame. And I think that that's an inherent human struggle that we'll be, we'll be fighting, I think, for as long as we exist, you know, but the, the, the interesting thing to think about, and we see it here in the great American experiment is the two things aren't mutually exclusive. Like, you know, encouraging you to embrace multi- multiculturalism is not suggesting that we all have to be become like one homogenous thing, you Correct. know, you know, yep. you know, e pluribus unum, right? The whole idea is out of many one yep. is that you can have one thing. You can have one nation that is bound together by common beliefs mm-hmm. and common decency and the things that are enshrined, you know, in the constitution and the bill of rights and so forth. And all of that is one of, we'd all agree on those things, hopefully, but that doesn't mean that there's room for diversity of thought or belief. Like again, the whole thing of, of, of America is you have the right to believe and think any way that you want to, like freedom of thought is like the most precious thing that we enshrine and, and freedom of expression in the constitution and the bill of rights. And, but that, so we, we all universally agree on, on some things, but beyond that, there is a vast freedom of, of thought and diversity of belief and how you want to live your life. And you can live, you live your life within reason pretty much any way that you want, as long as you don't, as long as you're not hurting anyone else. So we, there, there are, there have been ways to codify this. We see it in the U S constitution. We see it in, you know, some of the great civilizations of, of history and ancient, mm-hmm. Gro- ancient mm-hmm. Greece and ancient Rome, they were beginning to kind of understand, you know, these, these basic human concepts that, that lift us up and make us, you know, human. And again, always wanting to strive uh, to be better, but, you know, we've been talking about this all week, this idea that we don't, you know, even Gene's optimism is, does no, it's not like it makes no room for the bad, right? right? We right. talked about, again, in, in literally in the, in, the, in the canon of Star Trek, you know, in the very first episode of Next Generation, so much is, is literally, right, humanity is put on trial, mm-hmm. right? And, and Q <laughs> yes, makes yes. a pretty good case for the prosecution. Yes, very much so. As you recall, yes. right? He reminds, he reminds Picard of like all of the, of all, you, like, you, through thousands of years of human history, all you people have done is butcher each other, yep. right? And, yep. and, and again, going into the, and going into the, the, the theoretical future in the prehistory of the show, and you even destroyed each other in the most terrible kind of mm-hmm. world world war and yes you built yourself up out of it again but like if you look at the history 
of the human race. How can you possibly make a case that you deserve to kind of belong to this kind of greater community of planets and species that are out there when you, you don't really have like the, the, the greatest, I do, I do remember watching Farpoint, uh, uh, at the back at back in the day and think you know what Q's actually making a pretty good there's a really he good did. argument absolutely as, as as pieces of as humanity we really are um not that great from the very start he makes that case and that's what one of the things i love so much about the story of the next generation is that Captain Picard and his crew spend the next seven seasons trying to prove the case that humanity has grown beyond the past mistakes that we made in the world wars. And even though humans are still not perfect in the 24th century of Star Trek, uh, we had, you know, in in that future, you know, Mm -hmm. we've abolished uh, uh, hunger on Earth and no monetary system. And all of the conflict comes from interacting with other civilizations, space-faring civilizations who have not yet evolved to that point, like the Cardassians and the Ferengi and the Borg. Um, So uh, that is such a great point that you make about from the very first episode of The Next Generation, humanity is put on trial. And then as we saw in the series finale of The Next Generation, the case had been gone going the whole entire time. And Picard and his crew were able to argue the case to to Q that, you know, we're, we, we're, we're doing the best that we can and you have seen it. And Q is like, you know, yes, uh, but the, the trial continues and that's how it ends. But that's and that's w- one of the great, great things about the storytelling in Star Trek. But I also love the fact that even in the middle of it, even during those steps, those seven years for Next Generation, mm-hmm. there were still mistakes made by humans as Absolutely. well. I know we talk about all of the the other extraterrestrials involved in this, but there were so many mistakes and they actually said, yes, we're still making the mistakes. We're still the children in this universe. We still have problems. But I love the fact that the example of it's not about me anymore. It's about we. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think even on our own planet to this day, we have forgotten because normally you would think all of the atrocities that happen is usually something that's cataclysmic that happens that brings people together, unfortunately. But we're living in a cataclysmic mm-hmm. event right now with this pandemic and there are people still on different sides, which you would think that would never happen, but it is happening. So what we have to remember, I'm thinking just based on even this quote itself, is that the we, the the me is still in there. But he reminds us the me is there's more than just the me. It's the we that has to get out of this. It's the we that's going to see the 23rd century. We cannot do this alone. Yeah. We cannot just think of ourselves that, okay, I need to do what's best for me first and foremost before taking care of everybody else. Maybe if we take care of everyone together, maybe that we can finally come together in the 23rd century because right now it ain't happening and it's not going to happen until we change internally what we're doing to help ourselves instead of helping everyone else along the way. Yeah. uh, Such a great conversation. I'm enjoying our conversations, you guys. I want to go back to the the last part of, of the quote. So Gene says that beginning to value diversity rather than insist that everything be the same. For me, it's like that's stagnation. Like nothing yes. can grow in stagnation. Stagnation is just like things just are are static and can give in to rot and just there's no growth there. Uh, and that's what he's saying. If we're not going to value the diversity that the the treasures of diversity that we have of uh, of our people of our planet, then we're just going to be stagnant and it's going to die out. And that's a really important 
part of this quote that I just wanted to end on. So are there any final thoughts, uh, Gary? Any final thoughts, uh, Sharon? No, I mean, just to, I don't want to make it too political, but, you know, I often I, I, I don't agree with people these days who say, oh, keep politics out of science fiction. Like science fiction is inherently political and yeah, Star so Trek is. is really, really political, yeah, especially when it so. got I mean, very much so in the in the original series. I think even mm-hmm. more so in the next generation, the, the, the best the, the best ones have always been the ones that have touched on, uh, you know, political issues. Uh, and social issues, and social issues, and you know, it, it it really does come back to you know, it's the great political divide that we see here in America and around the world. The difference between progressives and conservatives, right? Progressives, yeah. the, if you, the, the, it's, it's right there in the name, right? Progressives want to progress, they want to change, they want to move things forward. They're always looking to way, way to make something better. I'm giving up my own political allegiances here. <laughs> and, cons- and conservatives are saying, look, we like it the way it is. Let's conserve what we have. Yeah. Let's not yeah. change things. It's but right the there in the name. Why, the reason why the world is better today than it was a thousand years ago is because we progress. Because at no at no point in human history do you put the brakes on and say, this is it. Okay, good. Let's stop here. No need to progress any further. We've cracked it. We figured it out. Clearly, we haven't cracked it. There's tremendous suffering and inequality and poverty and, and all kinds of you know economic injustice and social injustice, you know, in America and around the world. Like there's no there's no, there's no argument to say, let's let's conserve this and let's 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 put the brakes on here and stop here. We have to keep progressing. The, again, the only way we're going to get to Star Trek um, mm-hmm. and that and mm-hmm. that and that Roddenberry future that we all dream about is if we keep progressing. Amen to that. Let's end it on that because that's so good. <laughs> that's all we need is here. <laughs> yeah, and Sharon, we're very lucky to have Gary for the rest of the week, so we still have a few more episodes to to have uh, more wonderful conversations. And if you would like to watch video of today's quote being read, you could check it out on our social media accounts on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And we hope you'll join Sharon, Gary, and me tomorrow for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us, post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. 